0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB.
1: I I gave it everything I had, you know what I mean? And I, I, uh, I, I hope that that's good enough, you know what I mean? I, there wasn't a day I took off, um, so, that, uh, that's that's the i guess that's the best you can do yeah i mean i've dedicated my career to this place because i believe that you know we had the pieces to to win um so from that standpoint you know uh yeah it's disappointing to know that uh um that didn't come to fruition
0: that's a blake wheeler uh and speaking uh, during his year-end availabilities, we keep pulling clips from that. Usually they're kind of a little bit dry, eh, Jim? I mean, there's really not much juice to take out of it. You know, we're disappointed. Uh, looking forward to to the summer. not now. You know, I remember one when I was out in Alberta. I remember one from Taylor Hall, and the Edmonton Oilers were just terrible. And uh, uh, Taylor Hall had his final um, year-end interview. And they said, well, what are you going to do now for your summer, Taylor? What are you going to do? And this was back when he was with the Oilers. And he just looked back and he put his head back. He went, man, I'm just going to relax. <laughs> and I was thinking, why did they trade him? Out? <laughs> why did they get him off the team here? But we keep digging into those year enders. And that's Blake Wheeler talking about what his legacy, or what we'd want people in Winnipeg, the fans uh, to feel about him. Uh, now that of course we've, we've heard and we've been able to get some more information on these reports.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, this isn't new or breaking or anything. I think Darren Drager had it first that they were moving on and, going to try and trade him or listen to trade offers or buyout is a potential. So I had a source reach out to me yesterday, and so I I followed it up. I found another source like that. Um, But essentially, uh, the team is not confirming this, but Blake Wheeler has played what we all know, his last game as a Winnipeg Jet. Mm -hmm. The team is currently listening to trade offers or trying to trade him. And uh, if, if that's not the case, they are going to buy him out. So Blake Wheeler has essentially played his last game as a Winnipeg Jet.
0: Yeah, and his final game uh, in front of the fans at Canada Life Center as a member of the Jets scored and assisted uh, in the 4-2 loss to Vegas in Game 4 of their of their five-game series. Um, he got two points in that game, both from the dot, both on the power play. Uh, I think in a, in a way, it's, uh, maybe a little bit symbolic of a spot that maybe a lot of fans... Uh, anyways, it was a familiar sight to see him on that spot, right side uh dot you know um picking up some points here to the fans in front of Canada Life Center uh and then in game 5 he assisted in garbage time on that on that on that Kyle Connor goal in their worst game of the entire year but 12 years in Winnipeg Jim um led the league, led, led the team in scoring for five he was second in scoring in in three of those years Andrew La- uh Andrew Ladd beat him uh in two of those years and then of course uh the younger guys started to come up and 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 take him over but uh I mean, what do you think Blake Wheeler's legacy is going to be here in the city?
1: Well, look, first and foremost, what he said in that clip, and and everybody who listens to the show or follows me on social media knows how I feel. I look at the production on the ice and the player, and uh, to me, Blake Wheeler is right. He never took a shift off. This is a player who played through injuries. This is a player who played with broken ribs. This is a player who, I believe, had a severe testicle issue this year alone. And I'm not. I don't know if it's any- even believe. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't know if that was the right term. Um, <laughs>
0: there was some, but, there was a situation that happened. Yeah,
1: yeah. And 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 you know, after that game, which he came back to play in, um, missed a couple of weeks. He's got uh, nine hundred and twenty-two points in eleven hundred and eighteen games. I've talked about this last year, and there was a lot of pushback from some of our listeners on this. But once you reach a thousand points and a thousand games played the Hall of Fame conversation begins. I'm not saying that Blake Wheeler is going to the Hall of Fame at all. I'm just saying that he is 78 points away from getting to 1,000 points. But um, I think first and foremost, that's the legacy uh, on the ice. Off the ice, I mean, how things have gone, we've uh, had all the speculation about the leadership group and what things are done mm. and how they are said. But I will stay remain steadfast. Uh, 55 points in 72 games last year. Prior to that, 60 points and 65 as a 36- and 37-year-old player. Or 35- and 36-year-old player. The one that stands out to me, Cam, is what you mentioned about game five. And this is why people always debate with me. It's not just about points and this. uh, I agree with you. It's not. But scoring is the hardest thing to do in... Mm -hmm. I, I mean, was there a guy that you could point to, maybe Adam Lowry, that was in every single game of the games against Vegas this season at 36 years old that didn't take a game off. He had six points in five playoff games this year. He led the team as a 36-year-old and a team of Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, Mark Shifley got injured, but Mark Shifley... Um, he led the team in scoring in a five-game playoff series at 36 years old. I think he's got hockey left in him. I don't yeah. think it's a point-per-game production anymore. No. I think that at, at 8.25 million, do you want to get at least 60 points out of him? I think that would be a win at that kind of an age, and I, I think he's got 50 to 60 still in him.
0: Yeah, this and this is a win for both sides. Like, this is a situation where the Winnipeg Jets need some change and Sean Reynolds is going to join us as sports is going to be joining us at, at, at 1230. Blake Wheeler needs to go somewhere else and the team needs to move on from him. And that's the situation. And I this, I, is, I, this is, this is a, this is a, this is good news for both sides as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, and I understand that this is a mutual thing um, that both uh, he and the team are mutually agreeing to part ways and working together to make it happen. Um, And then some people will say, because this is the one thing I always have gotten back to last year when they were shopping him, and there were teams that called for his services and a lot of pushback I get on social media said, that's not even possible. It is possible. He is a commodity. And for everybody asking uh, how they're going to trade him, it's not going to be, in my opinion, it's not going to be a deal where they send something to make it happen. I think if he is traded it's a package. I think they might put something together with him and get something back for him. And then if that doesn't work out then I think they'll buy him out.
0: Now the final But I-, I
1: do not think they'll say take this pick or take this asset and Blake Wheeler to get him off our hands. I think they're going to if they move him in a trade it's going to be a package and if a trade can't be worked out then they will um buy him out.
0: Yeah, so the uh, the buyout window uh, next Friday. It yeah. Next Friday The bio period begins the latter of June 15th to 48 hours after the Stanley cup final ends. Uh, it then concludes on June 30th at 4 PM central time. Um, and so there's going to be an, a second period later on in the summer, but I, I can't imagine that this is something that both sides are going to want to be sitting around with. And um, so, yeah, his final game in front of the, the fans here in, in Winnipeg, uh, came on April twenty fourth. A four two loss to Vegas. And then his final game in a Winnipeg Jets jersey going to come up on the twenty seventh. Uh, just uh, the, and again, this isn't
1: breaking news. It's just confirming yeah. that. Um, and the team won't confirm it.
0: Yeah, no, the team will uh, not.
1: When I reached out to them, but basically I I confirm what uh, Darren Dreger started with. Elliot Friedman I think is doing it too today. Yeah, they're they to parting ways. They're parting ways. Yeah, I'm
0: just going to read the quote he had in the thirty two thoughts podcast. Friedman. Uh, spoke about Wheeler saying the other thing too with Wheeler, I understand that everyone is kind of on the same page with this. He understands that he's either getting traded or he's bought out. And I think they're just working together. Like what's the best solution. I think both sides realize it's time to move on. And I think they're working together to find the best way to do it. It's going to be one or it's going to be the other. Um, When I think of Blake Wheeler, I went back into the archives uh, I know that there's the Hal Anderson archives. It takes up about two or three floors here on the <laughs> uh, on 201 Portage. So I'm able to have a corner it's been I go-
1: around a long yeah, time. Yeah, I,
0: I I I cut Hal a deal. I'm able to have two shelves of the Cameron Poitras archives there. Uh, he didn't give it to me for cheap, by the way. I mean, listen, he's he's a businessman, that's for sure. But um, I got a little bit. So I went back into the archives here and I pulled out uh, Blake Wheeler. And do you remember when he first came into the city? Yes, I do. Black, back in uh, 2011, 2012, it was the 19th game of the season. In 2011, November 17th, uh, the Winnipeg Jets were at home to the Washington Capitals, and he had not score. He did not score for 19 games to kick things off. Right, he had picked up a couple of assists here, but he certainly wasn't. Uh, He's was 25 years old. Was certainly wasn't building himself into, um, or was 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 not. I mean, eventually became the Blake Wheeler today. But you know, New City and all that sort of thing. He didn't score. But you remember when he jumped into the boards after he finally scored? Yeah. I mean that when I, I do, think yeah. of when I think of and it's it's weird because when I think of Blake Wheeler and his time here in Winnipeg, for some reason that's the first memory that comes into my head. That I, I you know not the twenty eighteen the playoff run him getting the captaincy you know the ninety one back to back ninety one point seasons I I don't even like for some reason that that's what sticks out to me the most. Well, I think it was just his- a really special moment and everybody was just kind of waiting for him to score and he finally did and he jumps into the j- jumped into the boards and the whole place went crazy. It was the first year um and I don't know why but that's the thing that sticks out to me the most. I
1: remember doing many stories with him in uh 2011-12, 2012-13. Uh he was a notorious slow starter in 2013-2014 and just um, speaking to him about his consistency. And, mm-hmm. and by the third year, he was like, "That's you could tell it was just irking him that his frustration was on um, why he couldn't just become a more consistent scorer. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because he worked at that. He had 64 points in 80 games the first year the Jets were here from Atlanta. The next year in 48 games, the shortened season, he had 41 points. Then 2013-2014, he had 69 points in 82 games. And then that's around the time, the 2014-15 the season, really slow start. Mm-hmm. And he um, was frustrated by it. And then also during these times, you know, I remember an interview in February where he swore in an interview and where we're like, where's the team's consistency? And he goes, I don't know, like, if we could figure it out, it wouldn't be so much BS. And, like, he was just frustrated. And look – is he agitatable for sure he is and everything like that. But I, again, that quote at the end is who he is that he dedicated his and wanted to win. And really it drove him in the later years to, to cause problems. I think with his teammates, because he admitted that I would take it home with me and Mm -hmm. my family life was being affected. But my point to the inconsistency was, and then he found it 2015-16 all his hard work had paid off to where he was 78 points in 82 games, 74 points in 82 games and then back to back 91 point seasons um, And that's what his goal was was to you know work at it and Josh Morrissey talked about it this year with his game mm-hmm. is he goes, I think we we believe in this game that once you hit 26, 27 that's who you are. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that's not what happens. We continue to work on our game and we continue to try and improve. And, and you know, Josh said, it referenced what I was going through last year with my dad and all that was one thing, but I think I can be better. And that that's what his amazing season this year was, was derived from, I think, what he took from Blake Wheeler. Yeah. And it was the idea that when you're 25, 26, you're not defined. And if there's a part of your game that you want to fix, you can fix it, but it takes hard work and dedication and that's what I, I take from Wheeler's first three to four years here, where he would you know twelve points in nine games, and then go eight points without a goal or games without. Yeah. A goal. he got that consistency. So. Yeah,
0: let's 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 head to a break. We'll come back again. Sean Reynolds is going to join us after the twelve thirty news. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk to you about that that suit, that flashy bright red suit. Grady Dick, drafted from Kansas by the Raptors. I got <laughs> I got a couple thoughts on that anyways I got some thoughts I got some thoughts Um, just a couple text messages here as we head to a break looking forward to seeing what Blake can do elsewhere hopefully with a solid veteran lineup Dave says I for one would like to thank Blake Wheeler for his effort in every Jets game he gave it his all was physically exhausted after every shift is seen in person or on TV always seemed to always seemed to have a point a game Uh, received unjust treatment and blame in my opinion thank you Blake see your name in the rafters at Canada Life Center that from Dave Scott in wheel in Minnesota says Wheeler so to see things end like this years ago i recall there was an old man who would call the jets post game show to blame losses on the americans loved it and mike <laughs> says lou holt's mantra is do your best show people you care and do the right thing wheeler checks all he's the mvp so far of the jets 2.0 we'll be right back
2: jets at noon on six eighty cjob the
0: raptors drafted grady dick third overall you see that suit the flashy bright red there, Jim? I did see it, yeah. All I could think was, you better be good wearing something that ridiculous.
1: Well, if you're going in the first round of the NBA draft, I think you're pretty good at something. Well,
0: but we'll see. I've seen a lot of those guys uh, yeah, go nowhere.
1: I, I don't know. I believe in looking good. I believe that more younger athletes, professionals, need to wear a suit and look good instead of wearing in these Anaheim Duck jerseys to <laughs> a game or a track suit. I believe in that. However, that was... You're right. That's
0: uh If you're walking in with something like that, I'm not saying he's not going to be great, but if you're walking in with something like that, man, you got to be ready to follow it up.
1: I, You know, I said that. You're f- in everyone's face, man. The first time I was at a Jets practice and the first time I saw Sean Reynolds, I said the same thing. If you're going to walk in looking like that with that kind of a flow and that <laughs> chiseled jawline, you better be good.
0: What happened to the beard? And and look Sean, at him now. He, he proved to be very where's good. Where's the beard?
2: The <laughs> beard. Uh, You know what? I'm not allowed to grow the beard. It is not up to me. uh, What I do with my facial hair, it's up to my wife. I fought her uh, for years on it by growing it. Uh, But in the end, the threats come. It'll be gone in the middle of the night. I'll wake up with a patchy beard job done. So uh, it's not my choice. That's why the beard isn't here. I was just thinking of regrowing it, and I was told that is not happening. Well,
0: I'm I'm in the exact opposite boat because I shaved my face and my wife flipped out. So I have to have a beard.
2: I
1: get it. I get yeah. it every November when on November thirtieth I go maybe I'll keep it for a week and then I get the Sean Reynolds wife. No, you think of keeping that somewhere
0: else for a week.
2: Yes, we take the control we have, and that is not control. That I no, have.
0: that's out of our ads. It's out of our ads. Uh, hey, happy birthday! By the way.
2: Oh, thank you very much! Oh, wow, You're making me feel like a million bucks here. This yeah, is, uh, yeah. I gotta come on this show more often, yeah. and I I never say no, so I come on this show as often as I can. You
1: know what? Right. You you hang around after the show. We're gonna get you like a global news mug or something.
2: <laughs> nice. Now, happy, I've happy, already got from my bag. Oh wait, wait! I'm getting
1: I the nod that. that we don't have any of those left. So maybe <laughs> maybe it's a pen there or something. Think.
0: There you go, a, a notepad. I'll take it. Yeah, take well, it. we got lots of those, um, Sean. I mean, this is a constantly flowing situation. It seems like I don't know. I mean, who knows when these things are going to come to an end? But it sure seems like we're getting more and more clarity as the days goes uh, day goes on. Days go on. Uh, we'll kick off with with sort of the big news here in the in the Blake Wheeler situation. He's played his final game as a Winnipeg Jet. I mean, this. I mean, I, can't, I, mean, I, I don't want to speak for you, but are you surprised by by any of this?
2: No, not at all. I mean, I I think we fully expected that. I had said uh, on our podcast, uh, you know, because of some, I mean, the the reason Blake Wheeler would not be here, um, it's not because of his hockey playing, even at the contract that he has right now at 8.25 million a year with only one year to go. I mean, he's, he's a contributing enough player that yeah, he's probably not playing at an $8.25 million pace, but based on what he gave you for so many years, and gave you value beyond his contract, you could swallow the idea that he's not giving you exactly what you're paying him, but it's, it's the other stuff, right? It's the, it's the way that these end of season avails are as ugly as they are in Winnipeg. And, and uh, you know, I go around the league and people from around the league, comment on it like anyone from winnipeg who thinks that this kind of stuff is normal it's not this doesn't happen very often in other places and for blake wheeler to be you know a leader on this team a guy who wore the c for years basically the guy that that you know the, the team essentially said he still remains our leader you can take the c off his chest he's our leader for them to have kind of you know you know pulled off a mutiny is the way i see it towards the end of the year with their head coach who has you know had a lot of problems with the way they played down the stretch. Uh, that culture isn't going to change with Blake Wheeler in the room. It's the reason that he's got to go. So you can't keep having those end of season avails like that. So am I surprised he's leaving? I don't think so at all. I think it's kind of fitting that one of the final acts that he had as a Winnipeg Jet was, you know, in being one of the leaders of a mutiny against his coach before he left and went out the door.
1: Along those lines, then, where do you see something for him? Like we, I get as you are, Sean and Cam and everybody, and even on our text line now, who would trade for him if he's getting bought out? But there are avenues I'm hearing, like there are teams that might want him and something else, and and get rid of one of their own uh, issues. Um, there are teams that might not want to lose out on bidding for him if he is bought out. Um, do you, I I think the buyout is the last resort. I'm not saying it's not going to be a buyout, but I do think that some fans are, are mistaken if they think that there could not be a deal there. Do you, do you think there could be a deal somewhere?
2: Well, it it gets tricky because in order to, I mean, this is the way the, the world works or the hockey world works. When you were trying to get Brian Little off the books, you had to send an asset out the door. They sent Nathan Smith who's a great, great prospect. Um, now the Jets could stomach that because Mason Smith wasn't going to come here. Mm-hmm. So in the end, the Jets traded something that was of value to the Arizona Coyotes that they got the inside track and ended up locking down that player. So there was value for the Arizona Coyotes to make that move, and in the end, the Jets were giving away something that was had zero value for them. So that worked, right? But. The tricky part about this is is the Jets and the situation they are. We know that they don't, you know, lo- land a lot of players in free agency. They need to take their draft picks and their prospects, and they need to guard them as well as they can. And usually, if you're trying to get rid of a contract like Blake Wheeler's, that's how you do it. You send him along, you package him up with a prospect to get that, you know, to stomach it, for the other team to stomach taking that money on. Uh, so, this is really to me it's going to come down to a situation where you're going to see what do the jets value more, the idea of paying for a player not to play for them, which I know Mark Cuban hates the idea of that, or sending out a, an asset that may you know be tough to lose in that situation. I think personally for the jets it's got it, it's more likely to be a, a buyout situation. I think if there was a trade that the Jets could stomach, it would have happened last season. I think they tried. Uh, it didn't work in that situation. And the reason it doesn't work is A, because you're sending a player out for $8.25 million who is not worth that amount of money. But B, exactly what we talked about at the beginning of this, if you're taking on Blake Wheeler, you're taking on a guy whose captaincy, whose leadership has led to some rocky moments. And you have to make sure if you're bringing in a player with a strong kind of personality like his, uh, that has kind of led to things going a little sour in Winnipeg. you got to make sure it doesn't sour your room as well. And so there's risk in taking on a player like that if you are the team the Winnipeg Jets are dealing with.
0: Yeah, I mean, at cap space—it's—it's it's a premium right now. The Jets—they got twelve point nine million. They got to sign some guys. They have—they have some—they have, some, have some RFAs, you know. Uh, you know, Morgan Barron—they're gonna have to work out a deal on Dylan Sandberg, uh, that sort of thing. But that's not going to be massive hits. But it, I mean, how important? I mean, we—we we know that this isn't a free agency destination, just like you said. But if these moves are made by July first or afterwards, when when free agency opens up, teams are going to start to fill up. I, I just wonder how the landscape's going to change.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I personally think the direction things are going, and this is this is just my personal idea. With, with the Connor Hallabuck, we're expecting him to move. Mark Sharpley. we're probably going to get all this kind of stuff. Pierre Luc Dubois. I know that the Jets want to retool. They've made it clear. They've been saying that for a long time. I just don't think they can. And to be honest, I don't think it's a wise move to do it because I think they can get more back, if they're willing to accept futures, then they can for trying to turn Mark Shifley into as good a value right now in this moment. And because I think in the end, that's where the best deals are going to lie. I think the Jets are going to be in a position where they don't need to spend to the cap and probably aren't able to spend to the cap without wasting money. So mm-hmm. for me, the way that this is going to play out, the Jets, I think I, I, I know they hate the idea of paying money, millions of dollars, to have a player not pay, play for them. I know they hate that idea, but in the end, I think of the, this is not going to be the ideal situation. They're going to have to choose the lesser of two evils, and I think because they're not going to have to spend to the cap because of the kind of deals I think they're going to have to make to get full value from those players, that's the one that's going to make most sense.
1: And I'm not trying to sugarcoat what's going on here, but i the more we spend on this the past month, the more I kind of think it's needed off the ice, no doubt. But I kind of think, like I do the reverse, Sean, I go, say Hellebuck resigns here 9-5. Say Dubois resigns yeah. for 9. Is this yeah. team any better no. and and I, and I don't think they are like i I'm not trying to spin this to say, oh, they don't need these guys good riddance I'm not but I, i'm I'm looking at this that and it and this is the key it has to be done right by Shevel dayoff. but if it's done yeah. right, this team could be better
0: and Sean Wayne on this, but imagine if they got to the second or even the third round of the playoffs and I mean what would the thought well, process not, be right? I'm, I'm not just even worried
1: about that. I'm just saying like at nine and nine and a half and nine million. And you have two really good players, one of the best in the world in Hellebuck. But yeah. this team overall isn't any better than it's been the last four or five years. And if you can do this right and throw in a Shifley, if you can do this right, this team overall, top to bottom, might be better.
2: Well, Jim, the point you make, I think, is the most important point, And it's the reason where we are right now, because the reason we are talking about trading Connor Hellebuck is the jets. I think did everything they could the last couple of years delayed a lot of these decisions to try and convince Connor Hellebuck that there was a bright and positive future here in Winnipeg. We are where we are because Connor Hellebuck has sat back and done exactly what you just said, looked and said, if we re- if I re-signed here and if Mark Scheifele re-signed and if Pierre-Luc Dubois re-signed, are we on the verge of winning a cup? Why would they think that? They've had all those players the last couple of years and they missed the playoffs last year and got in by the skin of their teeth this year. You re-sign all those players and you still look like based on the results that you've had you look like a team that is competing for a wild card spot so i think that that's the important point here jim is that the jets probably needed a refresh regardless of whether or not these players would have decided to resign and stay so i do think that this is a beneficial situation i think these players forcing their way out of town is forcing change that for whatever reason whoever in the organization has been you know loath to change because they have been they've really stuck by this core for a long time they probably should have tried something different last year and they didn't this core has shown us what they can do it is time to see what tweaks can be made to try and get a different result and i do think that maybe, just maybe, the organization itself didn't have the stomach for, the, for that change, but the players do, and I think in the end, you're going to look back at this time four or five years from now and say, thank God the players wanted to change things up because all we would have done was re-upped with the same team, got the same results, and those results would have faded over the years as these players got older. I see massive opportunity in this like you do, Jim, It, it of course, balls on Kevin Sheffield, they have to make sure he capitalizes on that, but there's an opportunity here, and if I was a Jets fan I would be excited about the potential that could unfold over the coming weeks, I know covering the team, I'm excited to see what happens selfishly for my job <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Well, it's your just, birthday, be a blah, little selfish You could
0: be a little selfish on your birthday you to Think
2: about me right. today, go I have, ahead I
0: have an extra piece <laughs> of cake, Sean Reynolds, uh, Sportsnet reporter and host uh, on the program, Sean, always a pleasure, man Take care
2: Great stuff, Sean, happy me- birthday yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks for thanks for bringing me on today. Absolutely. Let's
0: take a break. Let's come back. On the other side, we'll give you your uh, cottage country forecast right here on 680 CJOB. Uh, comments from Pierre-Luc Dubois on uh, Elliot Friedman on the 32 Thoughts podcast. We'll talk about that. And the Bombers. They got beat. Bad. We'll be right back.
2: Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.
0: Welcome back to the show. Elliot Friedman on the 32 Thoughts podcast. Uh, I was speaking about Blake Wheeler. If you missed that, well, you can find us in our podcast, Jets at noon at like you're sending an email. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, So go ahead and download that. Podcast has been doing fantastic lately. Really appreciate everybody's uh, downloading and tuning into the show. Uh, But uh, Elliot Friedman, actually, the podcast is doing really, really good. Uh, Elliot Friedman uh, on the 32 Thoughts podcast uh, said this. First of all, for Winnipeg, I think with Dubois, I think the next few days he's going to narrow it down to like two or three teams. I mean, we're really going into this. I think Winnipeg has got to know by the draft, and I think he recognizes that. So that's one thing. On Dubois, the list shortening to only a few candidates left.
1: So he had five or six teams, and Elliot's saying he's narrowing yeah. it down to two or three. Yeah. So he's listened to the five or six and what they have to offer, and mm-hmm. he's going to cut that list in half. And then the Jets have to try and work out a deal. Yeah. And that's the agent working with them. And so of the two or three teams, now Kevin Shevelday off can sit, and I don't know, like name me yeah. six teams, Rangers, Montreal, L.A., Anaheim, Chicago. So he eliminates the Anaheims, the Chicago's. Yeah. It's down to, and I'm just guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rangers, Montreal, and L.A. And now he focuses in on the three teams and tries to work out a deal.
0: I I'm increasingly getting the feeling that I think the Jets are going to get a pretty dang good return on this. I'm I, not sure which team it's going to be. I don't know if it's L.A. The cab troubles Montreal, not really willing to go all in. Um, but I actually think when you look, I. I think the Jets are going to get a pretty good haul. I don't think they're going to get as much if there wasn't a list of five or six teams. I think it was the whole league wide. Um, but I think, I th- I th- and this is just my opinion, this is just my sort of look, I think there's going to be a pretty, a pretty good return if coming you, back.
1: If you send out, I've said this before, if you send out both Hellebuck and Dubois, I think you're looking at, depending on the player, like if there's a second line center coming back or a top four D, then the number of assets lessens. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think that Dubois gets you two to three pieces. And I think Hellebuck gets you three to five, depending on the... Because the other thing is, is you're dealing with teams that, especially if it's the Kings, they're going to want to throw in somebody to get Pierre-Luc Dubois' $9 million Mm. that he wants in the cap. So say he gets eight and a half, the Kings can't just go, here's a guy or here's a pick. They have to... you know, They're going to have to send somebody that the Jets want, and then they're going to have to send somebody that
0: to get off the books that the Jets might use. And then a piece slash prospect draft pick, yeah. that sort of thing. Well, wait, how things go. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers played last night, 30-6 to six loss to the BC Lions at IG wow. Field. Out of character is how I would describe it. Uh, not the Bombers that we've seen over the last little bit. Um so I'm
1: going to join me at two thirty to recap this. Yeah,
0: that's going to be exciting. You know what? And I, I don't want to put everything on the offensive line. They allowed seven sacks here, and I know I do. It, it, well, hold on. But I, and I looked at Mike O'Shea. He was kind of saying, "Well, you got to watch the whole play." They were rushing only four guys and they were getting to the quarterback well, consistently. So that's on the offensive line. I understand there's other things going on in, in the place and football. There's always things going on, but you're getting that kind of pressure on four guys rushing four. that's on the O line.
1: Here's why then Doug Brown will join me at two 30 today on the Jim Tilt show. Here's why I want to talk to Doug is exactly that point. Yeah. They were only rushing four, Yeah, but this is a team that as Doug pointed out on social media who has cut Sean Lemon and they cut, uh, the former bomber, Jonathan Combo. Jonathan Combo. That's how good this D-line is. Mm-hmm. You're cutting bona fide starters on other teams, or at least depth players on other teams, because this line is so good. I do want to talk about that with Doug, about the O-line and and how that defensive line rushing four is.
0: Yeah, and the Bombers heading into the game, and I know they only played two games against Hamilton, Saskatchewan. They were by far the top-ranked offensive line in the, in the CFL.
1: Can I share you something that I tweeted yesterday. We got
0: we got 10 seconds.
1: The Winnipeg Jets off-season were told by the Calgary Flames off-season to hold my beer. Oh, yeah, I saw that text. I mean, is that not ludicrous, what's going on in Calgary? Well, it's back-to-back years. This story. is what my grandmother always used to say. No matter how bad things are, somewhere else it's worse. If you're worried as a Jets fan that Hellebuck, Dubois, Wheeler, and Shifley are not going to be here next year, Think about Kachuk, Goudreau, Lindholm, Hannafin, Toffoli, and Backlund. Yeah. That's six of your core players gone in two season and a half.
0: And it's not looking good. Mikhail Backlund's has
1: gone, but Toffoli doesn't even want to play there next year.
0: No, no, no. And he's not saying Hannafin's I'm not resigning. Not re- Hannafin's, Hannafin's, he's saying yeah. I want to trade. Yeah. Well, Listen, there's tons to get to. And it's draft week next week. All this other crazy stuff. Is it finally going to come to a head? We're going to find out. I'll be back on Monday. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, for producing the show. Jim Toth to take all the way to 3 o'clock. That's for me. i I'll be back. See you, time, See you
2: Chats at noon on 680-CJOB.